Hi. Hello. Thank you for tuning in to the Talk About It Mate podcast. In this podcast, we're letting you in on the ground floor of the next mental health revolution. Fundamentally, people want to be seen and heard, and it doesn't take a professional to provide that. Peer support is transforming people's lives, and we're going to show you how it's done. We'll start each podcast with a check-in, where we'll describe our here and now feelings. Think how you would honestly respond if someone asked you, how are you? Then, we'll choose a topic and talk, from our own experiences, about what that means to us. No direct questions, no advice, no disagreement, just open listening and validation. And at the end, we'll check out. How are you now? And that's it. Well, alongside the podcast, we'll be providing support, guidance and connection around the topic each week on our social media and on our meetup. So head there now, during or after the podcast to get and stay connected. But for now, let's get into it. Hi there, Mike. I've gone for a different introduction. Hello! <laughs> Are you taking the piss? I would never do that. I'm, I'm, a dead, I'm all business, mate. I'm very serious. Yeah, yeah, sure. Right. No one, no one sees the, uh, the off-the-record mic that I see. Um, and what I was just talking about this today, actually. One of the biggest shames of the period in which we've got to know each other is that we've not had enough of that uh, out-of-office type shenanigans, if you want to call it that way. I think we've, we've been pissed in the same actual room or same space maybe once together mm. twice maybe yeah not not nearly enough yeah well we'll we'll see if we can rectify that um off the back of all the restrictions easing and, and what's to come but i'm saying that tentatively because well it links into what we're going to discuss today so uh you know i'm i'm thinking that it could happen but i'm not getting ahead of myself so uh why don't we uh why don't we go ahead and let's uh check in How are you feeling, Mike? How are you feeling right now? Positive, uh, in a in a motivate motivated. Yeah, I've, I've had to process a lot of emotion in a short space of time. It's been a heavy week emotionally. A lot of work. I feel like I've done like a month's work in five days or whatever. But uh, yeah, just to take a, a moment to reflect and yeah, I feel motivated. I feel pleased. I I I feel like I can now say. I'm satisfied with what I've done, and and then the next problem, I suppose, is uh, learning how to switch off, which is another is another problem entirely. But right now, satisfied. You went from motivated um, to satisfied there, mm. so which feels like the processing of the emotion there. So hopefully, the next stage is after being satisfied, giving yourself a break and allowing yourself to relax, feeding off the off the topic of last um, episode's podcast around self care and compassion. You can give yourself a bit of that, hopefully. Mm. Um, I'm feeling, I don't know, like calm in a still, I got like twinges of anxiety today and it's annoying. It's those like, it's almost like there's a part of me, the ego side of me that when things are calm and things are going going fine and there's no real obvious threat, it still wants to like prep me for something that's hypothetical or that could happen. And then what I do is I tend to like, find thoughts in my head to marry up with the feeling rather than just treat the feeling as if it's not necessary or useful and just process it through. Yeah. So I've had a bit of that going on today. I feel, just feel like guilty for for not doing more in certain respects, not doing more work, not putting more effort in, not not thinking hard enough, not being more stressed. So that's a very interesting thing for me to be feeling and I'm, I'm trying to work through it, I guess. Mm. And I was about to use the word, um, hopefully... Um, I'll be able to find a way through that, which leads us very nicely onto this week's topic, which is 
hope. Yeah, so what does that mean for you, Mike? What do you, what do you feel about that? I love, even just saying the word hope, I love it. I love it. It's like, hope is everything. Uh, I hope it, it, it it's everything. Like, even when times are tough, when you're reflecting, obviously always being hope, even in the dark times, or, or I wouldn't be here, would I? And, uh, you know, it's like a, not a get out of jail free car, but it's something that you can always come back to. And uh, yeah, obviously yeah. the story, you know, Pandora's box, that's the last thing that's left after you've lost all these other things. But but if, if, if you don't lose hope, there is a possibility or a suggestion, a hint that life can develop and progress. And, and within that, there's lots of positive things that are connected to that. So yeah, I, I like talking about this topic. Yeah, I feel like hope is not the key to the door. Because the, the work that you do is the key to the door to walk through and enter that new room. I've been watching Behind Her Eyes on Netflix at the moment, and maybe I'm <laughs> a little bit indoctrinated by that. There's a lot of doors in that show. You've not already seen it um, already. And I think, so it's not the key, but it's like, it's it's permission to touch the handle. Do you know what I mean? Like, it, it, mm-hmm. it's, it's saying that you, you're not looking at that door and going, that door will never open. You believe that it could open one day. And it is vital. Like we sometimes talk about hope as being the enemy. You know, it's the hope that kills you. And that's a very interesting maxim that we use all the time in society. But we talk about it. I think a good context in which to talk about it is like your sports team, football, whatever it is. It's the hope that kills you. It's the build up. It's the it's the chance that things might go well. But the beauty of that is. We all still invest in it, even when things have gone wrong with, with sport in particular. It's just just a nice, easy way to understand this in terms of our own lives. Even when it doesn't live up to our hope and expectation, we go back because we know it could. We trust that process. We see the evidence and that's because it's outside of ourselves, mm-hmm. maybe. So we don't have to control whether or not that happens. It just happens and we react to that. Whereas when it comes to ourself, I think we uh, we. Don't trust that hope because the hope relies on us doing something about it. You know, I might feel better. I might get that job. I might feel fitter. I might lose weight. I might meet the person of my dreams. But actually, we put so much pressure on ourselves that that sort of squashes down the hope. Yeah, there's just there's so, there's so much um, connected to it. And hope is like a a fuel as well. Like it's 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 there. It's something to fall back on. I find it quite empowering at, at, at tough times. It's just that in that to keep going on a pathway or something you know like let's say being self-employed for example there's a hope that that this will work out and there's lots of people balancing that and and you don't go fully self-employed straight away some people have that luxury but like i i i started out being say 10 percent self-employed and now i'm about 45 percent self-employed and it's the hope that it gets better and 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 it must be, and it's sometimes you don't even feel it, but it must be, or you would give it up, or like, and it's like life in many ways. It's the hope that like there's something worth fighting for, or something worth sticking around for, because you're still here and you're still going. It's what it what helps you to show up for yourself and mm. show up for others. And every new day is a chance of hope, isn't it? And it's like. This you might have had an absolute bitch of a week, and you think, well, the hope is that not every week will be like this, and even if next week is bad, in general it won't be. Like every week is different, and what you make of it, and you're being a different headspace, and 
So, like, now I'm getting to the point where I might sign up for something and I might think, whoa, that is a reach, that is a stretch for me. But if it's six weeks away, I can say, well, the hope is that I've got six weeks between now and then that I will be in a position where I can I can attend this and show up and be ready. And, and it does, it just happens. It just happened. Six weeks ago, I was sat thinking, I hope it goes all right when I start be, being a counsellor. And here I am, and, and it is going all right. You've touched on another version of the word hope there, or another intonation of it, which is instead of saying, you know, hope is this wonderful thing, this magical thing that we can all rally around and it's the fuel of life, it's the thing that gets you up and keeps you alive. But you also just said, I hope it goes all right, which is kind of like the anxious hope. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, it's like, it's, it's the convincing yourself that things won't go wrong, which is, yeah, it's very different to the other, other side of hope, but it's, it's valuable in that sense. It's like resilience It's it's saying things could go wrong, but I'm going to trust that it won't. It, it, it's, is the other side of that same coin that I was discussing before, which is, is really interesting, but it links into this idea that I think you've embodied quite a lot in what you've just described that I think is a really good way to approach life. And it goes back to that shoot, shoot your shot type thing that we talked about earlier on in the season, which is just say yes. If it's something that you're interested in, that you want to pursue, that's a passion that, that you think could go well. And if it did go well, it would be amazing. Then saying yes to that opportunity, saying yes to that possibility is hopeful. You know, you're not looking at that in a way that is pessimistic or closed off or defeatist or depressed, you are actively being hopeful, even if you don't necessarily think that that's what you're being. And I think that is what you just said about the fuel and it, it's the thing that keeps you going. I think that's what it is. You know, if you say no to everything, you're kind of stopping the engine. You, you're not moving forward. You, you're stuck in the mud, which is where a lot of people probably were or are when they're listening to these podcasts or coming to our groups or engaging with us elsewhere, they are stuck in the mud and we've been there. And if you, I'm trying to think, so whilst we've been talking, I've been trying to think about the moment when I had hope for the first time in a long time. And I can think back to one particular occasion, which was probably before, it, it was probably before my major, I'm going to use the word breakdown, we've discussed whether or not that's the right word. The worst period of my life, I would say, before that, I was in a in a bad relationship i've said this before it wasn't you know it's never a reflection on the other person just was a bad relationship for various reasons and it'd been going on for a long time and an opportunity came up for me to be in a play uh i don't know if, it, if i've mentioned yet in this series or or whatever but i was at one point a professional actor to some extent and i was i was cast in this play but i'd already sort of applied for a job at, at kpmg as a consultant because I wanted like a sensible job. I'd given up hope on my career at that point. And I went into this, into this acting job, not hoping that it would, you know, recharge my acting batteries and I would go back into that profession. I'd kind of already decided that I was going to leave. But through the process of these 89 weeks, I started to feel things that I hadn't felt in a very long time. And I couldn't at that stage articulate what it was. Um, and what it made me do is realize that there was no hope for that relationship. I, and I did try, despite knowing that, I did try for a week or two after we sort of, after that period was over and I was just left with the relationship, I tried, but the, the hope was gone in that respect. But what I had felt through that process is a sense of happiness. And that came from feeling a different possibility than that which I had previously. And I think sometimes 
you can cultivate hope by putting yourself in situations that are different, risky, uh, out of your comfort zone, you know, growth opportunities. That's a way to actually generate hope in yourself. Oh, this is a great feeling. It's yeah. How many times do you think that's going to be really difficult? I, I'm not going to be strong enough to achieve that. You know, often it's jobs, often it's like career progression uh, or a really big thing that you've got to do. Uh, and, and because you think this is going to this is going to be really, really tough. But by engaging in it, the evidence has suggested to me, especially over the last few years, that I'm tougher because I've got through those things. And we are tougher because a lot of these things I've done as a team and with you involved. And it, there's so much you can get. There's loads of the good that comes from saying yes that we've talked about. But as, as you get tougher, you also your self-worth increases and you're able to say no, but with greater assertiveness. And that's that's a really good place to be, to say, no, like, I'm not doing that right now. These are my reasons behind it and it's okay. Yeah, it, that, I think that's involved in hope. The, the hope is that you will become a, a stronger and better advocate for yourself and, and you're giving yourself a chance. And it's like what might feel like a dream. It, it slowly becomes like a kind of reality. So, you know, we both talked about breakdowns and call it whatever you like, John, to be honest, like it's your story. Mm-hmm. So no one could take that away from you. Like I had a breakdown, I call it a mental breakdown. Some call some people call it a nervous breakdown, but even in the lowest points, there must've been some hope. And obviously the, the quote that really like reaches inside and pulls you out is this too shall pass. Like you get, you get ill, you get ill and you pass, like you, you, you're sick, you get, you never stay in that acute state for forever or it's over. Yeah. I was going to say that, that, that phrase actually, when you think about it is, is almost the definition of hope, Uh, not to be all, you know, cheesy about it, but the idea that this will pass means that things will be different and therefore better in the future. And I think that's, that's something, if you do stop believing it, you've, you've lost and you've got to. You've got to cultivate that like we've discussed and all the different ways that you can do that. We talked about saying yes to an opportunity. We talked about setting boundaries, which I think is interesting because it goes back to another connotation of the word. I think it's a very interesting word linguistically, which obviously people who know me will be like, oh, of course he thinks it is. But, you know, (laughs) the fact fact that you say when you're worried about what other people are going to think of you, you say things like, I hope they're not mad at me. And by hope in that situation, you're actually butchering the word. Because what you mean is, you know, I'm worried they're going to be pissed off. There's no real hope in that situation. You're focusing on the thing that could go wrong. And, and the thing that could go right is like a get out. Like you, you kind of, that's a desperation. Hope in, in, in that context, it should, the hope should always be like the supreme positive, really. Mm. If you're going to use it to power you, if you're really going to lift yourself out of a situation, it's like, I don't know. Um, I hope that, by setting this boundary, I'm going to do a really good job of this thing. Now that's very like, you know, convoluted, but that's really where the hope lies in that situation. So I think it's a really interesting way that you use that word there and that we all use that word. But I think one thing you also mentioned that I think it comes down to, for most people listening, it'll be about how do I create hope? How do I, I use the word cultivate a few times, cultivate hope and teamwork. You, You mentioned being in a team that because when we talk and we talk in our teams and our groups and all the people that we know, we'll say things with our anxious mind and the response that we get from other people switches that into a hopeful mindset. And that's a very 
easy fix for people to get into because you just build that into your routine. I'm not saying that it's permanent, but every time you have that sort of dip, it's a nice way that people around you can support you to just help you flip back into an optimistic mindset. Yeah, hope goes alongside your journey. It's like a running mate for your journey. Like, uh, journey is the cheesiest word of them all, but it's also so true. Like, I used to think, I hope it's not always going to be like this. Like, I hope that relationships with people are, 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 aren't always going to be this difficult. And even within that, there was part of me that was saying, the conditions aren't right. And, and even within that, in a depressed and anxious state, I was saying, this isn't all right for me to be in this situation. So so even within that most terrible moment, there was a glimmer of hope. So hope is a spark, hope is a light. And, and even at the start of starting an organisation, three and a half years ago, like sitting sitting in a coffee shop waiting for three people to turn up. I was like, I hope this, I hope we can do more of this. I hope, I hope more people come on board. Uh, I remember for about six months obsessing, I was like, I hope to one day get three or four people who've been coming to the meetings. This is, this was about two years ago, two and a half years ago. I hope to get them in the room one day together to put some ideas together to see what we can do and see if we can grow this now that was a dream. The dream has become a reality and it's become even more because there was always hope there. And that was just by saying, oh, even if you roll with the punches almost, there were, there were, there were bad days, man. There were bad days because mm-hmm. I was all on my own and I hoped that I could share that with people. And now it's become a reality. Now, when you've gone past your your goal, you set new goals. And the hope is that, like, so I didn't think we'd be in this situation but now my, my goals are massively higher. And I hope, why yeah. why couldn't that happen? Because the hope is there. And I, I think the last thing I'd say on that is, it is definitely linked to your values as well. The day we stop growing is the day we die. And your values matter. And it's called integrity. And you make decisions and choices. If you're making them from inside you, they're reasoned, you know, you're not, you're not hurting people and they're made with integrity, then you, you can kind of do a lot of things you want but it's not easy but the hope is that it gets easier yeah i mean i actually think that people who are hopeful by nature going back to values when you link values you you think about worldviews and how people approach just life in general and hopeful people i ironically think don't use the word hope very often because in all the constructs that we've just talked about we've used hope as I said at first it was like in a negative way. It's in a, we don't trust the positive, so we hope it'll happen. Whereas hopeful people believe the positive thing will happen. And so they're not actually hoping, they're expecting. And that's really a big shift as well. So I think I completely agree that values and integrity matter. And I would I would link that as well to like a, a mindset. Like how do you link all of those parts of yourself into one big thing, which is how you view the world? Yeah, it's all down to your worldview, and that should come from you. And I think the problem with most people is that's informed by your upbringing, it's informed by society. Hope is a direction, hope is a, a spark, hope is a game changer if you are a glass half full person. Um, and if you're not a glass half full person, there is hope that that could change, but the circumstances in your life have to be right. And, and and that comes from small steps. That comes from all the steps we've done previously in the podcast. It comes from getting help. It comes from all these other things. It comes from last time showing yourself that self-care and compassion. And once you're at that stage, it, even right now you feel like there's no hope, then just focus on something small. And, and as as things grow, 
there is hope, isn't there? And and it's only if you quantify hope of like very lofty ambitions, like like I'm going to go to Mars. That you know, there's probably little, very little hope of that happening. I wouldn't like even like to go into a spaceship. Like I was going to say, yeah. I mean, I don't know why you would hope to do that. I don't understand people that want to do that sort of <laughs> thing. Like, <laughs> but you know, if they do um, and they've got dreams, then go for it. That's what I would say. But I'm trying to like boil it down now to the moments in my life where I felt that sort of day-to-day um what we would describe as hope I just think that I just don't use that word very often and and for whatever reason do you know I don't I don't don't think I've ever checked in and gone I feel hopeful or if I have it's rare and again I think that either speaks to being in a in a negative mindset or to actually being in a positive mindset and not feeling like I need to be hopeful but like I think somehow my i am an optimistic person at at the crux of my soul towards myself maybe not and sometimes i overthink things to the point where i take all that sort of out of it nowadays but i never used to and the reason why i think i ended up self-medicating so much was because i would look for what we talked about before we started recording this podcast about friday feeling you know and having that sort of sense of why do we why do we like fridays and it's because I knew that at a weekend I could do something to myself that would stop me from doing that self-critiquing, overthinking, and then therefore get access again to the hopeful mindset that I had. You know, I was going to have a good time. I was going to meet some people. I was going to have fun. It was going to be enjoyable. There were going to be memories made, uh, yeah, all of this stuff. And then immediately the day after, because of the other effects of all of that behavior, all of that hope was taken away. And then that is a crash and burn. That is awful. It's better to be consistent and incremental than to be like, to put all your hopes. Yeah, it's a bit like, you know, better. You know, if you, you put a massive bet down and you're hoping it comes in, but if it doesn't, you're devastated. Whereas if you just build in um, that sort of fuck it mentality into your life, that things, they're probably going to go right. They're going to go right. And if they don't, that's okay, I can deal with it. But if you put all the pressure on that situation, then it becomes really difficult to deal with. Yeah, and, and what come through from your story, yeah, that that that, that did sound quite isolating because it's like one person and a single thing. So in terms of a movement, if you join with other people who share common values and a common vision or or, or have similar kind of interests to you, then it's a shared hope and a shared vision and you're less likely to be reckless because there are other people involved and it can keep you keep you very grounded but it's it's for me it's like next 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 like so i like variation in my life my brain needs it neurodiverse but like short short bursts onto the next thing and and the connections and and i'll I'll, i will meet with people i'll go on anybody person's podcast because i know that i believe in what i say and i love getting to know people i love that interaction and connection and i just chat on don't i but like that the next the next chance gives you the next opportunity, the next spark, the next bit of hope, the next bit of fuel, the next bit of motivation, the next the next thing could be the thing. And people were telling me that for, for a long, long time and I didn't believe it. And then it started happening. And then you walked into my life, John, and that then it had all my oh. all no, but all the things I know. It, it, it is though. It's like I needed somebody who could match my energy and match my passion. And I was, you know, I was doing two two groups a week for the men's groups. And I was up, and then you came along, and I was like, right, this guy gets it. There was hope for me then to take a break to recharge my batteries, and and 
it's massive and it's because you see it in other people then you're not alone you're not isolated and, and the hope grows and the 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 enjoyment grows i think you've you've picked up on something that we've touched on before but needs to be pulled out here for clarity is like there are very few emotions that are better if you feel them on your own if you see what i mean like and we talked about celebrating other people's success i think in a previous podcast i think that's the same thing here like if you want to feel hopeful but it's it's an emotion that if you share it it multiplies it's not something that if you you know if you've got an opportunity that's really good for you if you just go away and burrow away and just do it on your own and just think about it on your own like i don't know i'm thinking like you know ceo of a startup or something's like right i'm gonna make my millions and i'm gonna do all this and i'm gonna go away with this great idea and and i've i've always found that like concept of of going off and 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 you, and you've talked about it right? going off on your own really and trying to do something and hoping it works and having all that belief and excitement and energy actually when you brought other people in when you started to involve other people in the the difficulties but also the successes of the organization then that's when you actually felt it more and more and more and got the benefit more and more and more which i think is a really important concept to consider when we talk about not just hope but any emotion and and that speaks to being in a team as well, doesn't it? I mean, you mentioned that at the very, very beginning with sport and the connotations of hope in sport, that like the FA Cup, the, the underdog, everyone loves that kind of story. I, I consider myself to be an underdog in many ways, but it's that now you have 11 players on a football team, we've probably got 11 on our core volunteer group and, and it, you know, we, we were in a, I'll say we've been in a little bit of a relegation dogfight in the last couple of weeks and everyone rallied together and like, let's say, I'm a captain of the ship, let's or the team, um, by virtue of you know creating the team. That I probably went down with an injury at one point, and someone else picked it up, and 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 and, and there's hope. Then you're still in the game, and and I, sometimes metaphors like that are just it's a great way to describe things. Clients use metaphors all the time. Like you look to the person next to you, and you're flagging, and you get that from them. And like I've been doing it for three years for a variety of people and it's only in the last six months that I've really started to flag and I look to the person next to me and they say we can help you carry this now and and and, and that gives me hope that we're doing the right thing and I'm working with the right people yeah metaphors are, are the only way for me to understand anything to be honest I, I, I can't help but I've been having lots of <laughs> conversations in a work recently about like oh, how do you understand your role and so it's kind of like a restaurant isn't it you know and it's and and well, I hope that people understand what the, what the fuck I'm talking about. But, you know, um, I think you brought this analogy of a sports team. We talked about sharing the emotion and sharing the hope, sharing the belief. And when you consider that metaphor, stretch it further, you share the burden, you share the pressure as well, which helps you to, you know, if you're in a football team and I've, I've you know, I've been in football teams around both of these things, which is I've been, I've been the best player on the pitch and felt like I had to carry the whole team. And that's horrible. Like you've got no hope that you're going to win the game because you feel like, as much as you might be, you know, potentially able to do what you need to do, you can't do it without everyone else. But equally, I've been the shittest player on the pitch. And I've also felt like um, not part of a greater whole. And I felt like I was letting everyone down. But what I think is key in all of that is like the captain of that team. And you maybe won't acknowledge this side of the thing when we talk about our own lives. But when you have someone that embodies everything you believe in, that's in your circle, in your life, that just just having them around you gives gives you hope. And that could be anyone for you, you know, someone that you just look at and you think, that's the kind of way I want to approach life. And obviously we didn't talk about it, mate. We, we, we've got you and, and everyone knows, you know, as soon as 
you say something, you might not believe that we all think like that, but we, we do. And I think that's really important for us to have. And sometimes that's why having leaders and, and not just having a completely non-hierarchical view of things is actually really important. Even if it's just leadership through values and through sheer grit and will, it's, it sometimes is massively important. That's it. There, there's hope if you've got people around you and, and, and you've, you kind of accept, you're accepted that that's a big thing like you look around you and and do, do these people see me do they see the real me and that's the scariest fucking thing in the world once you show the re- your real self and, and, and have they seen me struggle have they seen me overcome that struggle have they seen me show resilience and do they still accept me I, I, and how many times in your life people get to mid middle of their lives have never had that and and so this kind of way that we're working here and it's not like we invented it like this this it's a kind of a modern view of person-centered leadership, holistic, whatever. Is if once once you're accepting that, it's like I see you, I see you, I believe in you, and I understand that you'll make mistakes. Whoa! Take the take the bloody handbrake off. People will grow rapidly, and there's hope for everyone if the conditions are right. And and that's the ethos of my way of just looking at life. Is that let's get the people the help that they need. Let's accept people for who they are. Uh, and you know, work with people who who share those positive values, and and there's hope. That's that that's me. But you, that's one example of something that I think is vital for everyone to reflect on, because we always focus as anxious minds on the things that have gone wrong, and the times when our hypothesis of things going well wasn't right. You know, that person was pissed off, that person was disappointed. But I would challenge everyone who's listening who feels like that to actually go back and quantify that. Like how many times is that actually the case? Because I I can't guarantee because I can't invalidate everyone's experience. But from my experience, I never focused, and I use that past tense, I never focused on the times when things went right or when things didn't go badly and I thought they were going to. Um, and what you've described there as, you know, showing yourself and, being your true authentic self and people accepting that, which for me is the most important thing that you need to do in life. Hope can be cultivated, again, generated, seen, found in, understanding and reflecting all those times when it went right. If you can look back and just go, oh shit, yeah, there are times, there are things that I've done, that things that I've tested, things that I've tried, things that I've said, things that I've attempted that went right despite these two or three or four things that i constantly think about that i constantly fixate on that make me feel depressed or anxious or you know hold me back from believing that things could be good again the the things that went well if i just focused on them that would be the catalyst for hope i guess and that's why i think we love watching films where the underdog wins or you know the the thing goes right, you know. Like I think again, sports movies are a really good example of this. You know, thinking of like the Mighty Ducks, for example, which is a classic for uh, anyone that's younger than me. You know, maybe maybe they'll think, uh, "What the hell's that?" Really, it's like fifty years old or something. <laughs> um, anyway, it's not it's about forty, but still, that's that's crazy. And uh, I think yeah, we love those films because what they do is they they remind us that good things happen. And people are rewarded for being good people or working hard or being honest or having integrity. People, that does happen. And when we see that and we connect with that, it is magical, it's transcendental. So 
it's not a choice. I know it's not a choice. Mental health and mental illness are not necessarily choices, but the element of choice within us to fixate on the things that went badly versus the things that could and did go well is something that we could start trying to build up. Absolutely. We've always got a choice. Choice is a, choice is a force and, and it can propel you in a direction. And, uh, well, yeah. if you actually take what I just said even further, do we have choice? If you don't believe we have a choice, then you are describing a situation of no hope. But if you believe you've got choice in this situation, then that is the smallest glimmer of hope. That's the beginning of hope because you can do something right now, tomorrow, next week. You can do something. I love it. And, and with that, I just I don't think I've got anything to add that could top that, I don't think. Okay, well, I just read that off the back of a postcard. No, I didn't really. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, it's, re- it's really weird how uh, hope, hope, I think, is one of those things where anecdotally, I've probably got less stories than when we talk about loneliness or isolation or you know, de- depression and anxiety in general. Hope is something that is harder for me to go back and find. But there are so many times in my life when if it wasn't for hope, the people around me and me... Um, just wouldn't have made it you know so i was really ill when i was a kid we talked about this before if my parents didn't have hope how would they have got through that it would have been impossible so there's a message in there for everyone you know it, it, it there is choice there is hope there is a potential better tomorrow all right so I, i've just i've just gone off on one there at the end i don't, I don't know uh, we'll, we'll come and explain maybe how i'm feeling in the checkout but why don't we just both of us move straight to uh, the checkout? Okay, I'll check out. Um, I've got a big grin on my face. Yeah, I'm feeling, I, I, I'm going to use the word hopeful. I'm feeling hopeful. I'm feeling like a little bit like I've been reset, rebooted, uh, energised. Yeah, just just lots of positive, all the feels going on, all the twinges, as you would say. Um, because... That's it. There, there is hope. And I hope people like this podcast. I know people are already liking this podcast and not even just my mum. Like, you know, <laughs> I, I, like I could say I've had more than 10 positive comments. So it, it, if, if it's worth it, there's, you know, that that's connected to hope and I'm loving doing this. And, and you know, we're going to change it up. But I've loved this experience uh, because I show up and I, I enjoy it and I'm, I'm hopeful. Yeah, I think the knowing that I am hopeful is that I don't worry now about what the situation that comes out of this would be because, you know, I described before a hopeful mindset is not actually using the constructs of not thinking hopefully. You are just hopeful. Um, But yeah, I'm feeling, I don't know, punchy. I'm feeling fired up. I'm feeling like I want to go and do something. But unfortunately, we're still uh, trapped in our houses. So I'll have to settle for that Friday feeling on the couch, uh, watching some more of that Behind Our Eyes, probably, which I've plugged a few times. We're not getting paid by Behind Our Eyes on Netflix, by the way. It's just, you know, what I happen to be to be watching at the moment. So yeah, thank you again for this conversation. It's a great time to have it, really, um, Friday afternoon. So looking forward to and I'm hopeful for the next set of episodes where, you, like you say, there may be some interesting changes and, and formats, differences that we might bring to the to the mix. Who knows? Keep an eye and an ear out for those and uh, we'll catch you on the next one. Take care. Thank you for listening to the podcast. We really appreciate your interest in what we do. If you would like to hear more, please subscribe, share or review this podcast. And if you'd like to have a chat, join a session or just have some fun, 
then come find us at Talk About It Mate on all social media. <laughs>